0: Section 37 of Greece and Rome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World Story, Volume 4 Greece and Rome, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 37 Funeral Games in Honor of Anchises, by Virgil. FROM TRANSLATION OF CHRISTOPHER PURSE CRANCH One year after the death of his father, Vanchises, Aeneas called his companions together and invited them to celebrate games in honor of his father's spirit. The invitation was gladly accepted, and offerings were made at the tomb. The editor. At length the expected time had come. The steeds of morning brought the ninth day clear and bright. Anstheses, fame and great renown had called the neighboring people joyous groups filled all the shores coming to view the trojan men and some expecting to contend and first the gifts were placed within the middle ring the sacred tripods and the crown of green and palms the victors's prize and arms and robes of purple gold and silver talents too and from a mound a trumpet rings to tell the games commenced and first four well-matched ships, chosen from all the fleet with sturdy oars, entered the lists. The rapid sea-wolf first comes, urged by Menetheus, with his rowers strong. Menetheus, Italian soon in his renown, from whom the line of Mimius is derived, the huge chimera with its stately bulk. Next comes a floating city. Gaia's charge, by Dardan youth impelled, with triple banks of oars ascending then sergistus he from whom this sergian family is named born in the mighty centaur last the chief clontis in the dark blue scylla comes from him o rome's clentius thy descent far in the sea there is a rock that fronts the foaming coast at times by swelling waves submerged and buffeted when winter winds obscure the stars when skies are calm it lifts a level plain above the tranquil waves A pleasant haunt where seabirds love to bask, and here Aeneas plants an ilex tree, a goal and signal green, to tell the crews when to turn back upon their winding course. Their places then are given to each by lot, and the commanders, standing in the sterns, shine in proud robes of crimson and of gold, the rest with leafy poplar wreath their brows, their naked shoulders smeared with shining oil, Upon their rowing benches, side by side, they sit, their arms extended to their oars, intent they wait the signal, and with hearts beating with mingled fear and love of praise. Then, when the trumpet sounds, they bound away. Swift from their barriers, all the sailors' shouts resound. The frothy waves are turned beneath their sinewy arms, and keeping time, they cleave, the furrows of the yawning ocean's deeps, surging before their oars and trident beaks less swiftly start the chariots and their steeds in the contesting race across the field less eagerly the charioteers shake loose the waving reins upon the coursers necks and bending forward hang upon the lash then with the shouts and plaudits of the crowd and urging cries of friends the woods resound the shores shut in roll on the loud acclaim re-echoed from the hills first before all amid the crowd and noise flies Gaius, past upon the waves, clontis follows next, with better oars, but lags from heavier weight. Behind, at equal distance, in close strife, the sea-wolf and the centaur come. And now the sea-wolf gains, and now the centaur huge passes her, now together both join fronts, plowing long briny furrows with their keels. And now they neared the rock, and almost touched the goal, when Gaius foremost on the waves calls to Menoentes, helmsman of his ship, why to the right so far? Here lies thy course. Keep close to shore, and let oar blades graze the rocks upon the left. Let others keep the open main. But fearing the blind rocks toward the sea, Menoentes turns his prow. Why steer so wide? Make for the rocks again. Menoentes, Gaius shouted, and behold, he looks and sees Clunctus close behind and gaining on him. He, between the ship of Gaius and the rocks, glides grazing by upon the left, and suddenly outstrips him who was first and passes by the gull, and turning, holds his safe course o'er the deep. Then grief and rage burned in the warrior's breast, nor did his cheeks lack tears. Forgetting then his pride, reckless of safety for his crew, he hurled the slow menuentes from the stern into the sea, and takes the helm himself pilot and master both and cheers his men while to the shore he turns but heavily built and old with difficulty struggling up Menoentes, dripping wet climbs up the rock and on its dry top sits the trojans laughed to see him fall and laughed to see him swim and laugh again to see him spewing forth the salt sea brine now flames a joyful hope in rienthius and Sergitus, the last two to pass the lagging Gaius. First to gain the space between, Sergitus nears the rock, not with his ship's whole length, for close behind, the sea-wolf presses on him with her beak. But pacing through his galley, Mantheus cheers his comrades. Now, now, bend upon your oars, ye friends of Hector, whom in Troy's last hours I chose for my companions. Now put forth your strength, your courage, on Gaetulian shoals, once tried, and on the ionian sea and through the close pursuing waves of melia tea is not that Mentheus hopes to gain the prize though let those conquer neptune whom thou wilt, but shame if we are least be this your thought and win at least by shunning a disgrace thy ply their oars with utmost rivalry the brazen galley trembles as they pull with long-drawn strokes beneath them flies the sea with panting breasts Parched mouths and sweating limbs, they row, and now mere chance gives to the crew, the honor and success so hotly sought, for while Circatus, wild with furious haste, urges his vessel on the inner track, toward the shore, a space too narrow far. On the projecting crags he hapless stuck. Loud crash the struggling oars, and on a rock the prow hangs fixed, up rise the mariners, and shouting, strive to force the vessel back. And ply their stakes with iron shod and poles with sharpened points, and from the flood collect their broken oars. But Menetheus, full of joy and animated more by his success, with rapid march of oars and winds to aid, runs on the smooth wave and the open sea. As when a dove, whose home and darling nest are in some secret rock, from out her cave suddenly startled towards the field she flies, affrighted with loud flapping of her wings then gliding through the quiet air she skims along her liquid path nor moves her wings so Menentheus, so his ship the outer seas cuts in her flight by her own impulse born and first he leaves behind upon the rock sergestius struggling in the shallow flats calling for help in vain and striving hard to row with shattered oars then gaia's next and the chimera huge he overtakes and passes his helmsman having lost Clontis now alone has nearly won whom he pursues straining with all his strength the clamor then redoubles with their shouts all cheer him on and thus they might have shared perchance with equal prows the expected prize when to the sea Clonthus stretched his hands in prayer and called upon the deities ye gods whose empire is the watery main whose waves i stem to you i joyfully will place upon your altars on the shore a snow-white bowl bound to fulfil my vow and throw the entrails in the sea and pour an offering of wine he said and all the band of nereids and of forcus heard and virgin panopea from the depths of ocean and himself portunius pushed with his great hands the ship which swifter flew than wind or flying dart and reached the land and hid himself within the ample port them all being summoned as the custom was aeneas by a herald's voice proclaims this victor and with laurel green he wreathes his brows and to the ships he gives three steers for each by choice and also wines and a great silver talent on the chief's distinguished honours he confers a cloak he gives the victor brought with work of gold and melibian purple running round in double windings woven through the cloth the tail of ganymede as when he chased eager with panting breath the flying stag with javelins on the leafy ida's top or by the thunder-bearing eagle snatched while the old guardians stretched their hands in vain to heaven mid furious barking of the dogs then next to him who held the second place in honour a coat of mail with polished rings in golden tissue triple wrought he gives which from Demoleus he himself had won in battle by the simois under troy for ornament and for defence alike he gives it the two servants sagaris and feias scarcely can sustain its weight upon their shoulders and yet clothed in this Demoleus once the scattered trojans chased the third gifts were two cauldrons made of brass and silver bowls embossed with chasings rich the honors now conferred the rivals all proud of their sumptuous gifts were moving on with scarlet ribbons bound about their brows when with his ship saved from the cruel rock with difficulty and great skill his oars lost and disabled by one tear entire sir Getius slowly brought his vessel in jeered and unhonored as when on a road a serpent by a wheel is crushed or blowed dealt by some traveller with a heavy stone and left half dead and wounded all in vain seeking escape it writhes its foremost part with flaming eyes defiant and its head raised hissing but the other portion maimed by its wounds retards it twisting into knots and doubling on itself so moved the ship with slow and crippled oars yet set its sails and so steered into port but none the less aeneas to sergentius gives a gift as promised glad to know his ship is saved the crew brought back to him a female slave of cretan race called pholo he gives expert to weave with twins upon her breast then follows a foot-race after that a fight between two sturdy champions and next an archery contest last of all comes the review of ascanius's company of boys but ere the contest close aeneas called to him epitides the guardian he of young ulius and companion true and thus his trusty ear addressed go now and tell ascanius if his band of boys be ready and the movements of their steeds arranged in order to bring up his troop of cavalry to show themselves in arms in honor of his grandsire and his day he then commands the crowd to leave the course and clear the open field the boys advance with glittering arms and well-reigned steeds they shine in equal ranks before their parents eyes and as they move the admiring hosts of troy and of trinacria shout in loud applause all have their hair confined by crowns of leaves each bears two cornal spears with heads of steel some on their shoulders carry quivers light and round their necks and falling on their breasts circles of soft and twisted gold are worn three bands of riders with three leaders go Coursing upon the plain, twelve boys in each, and each division has a guide. One band led by a little Priam, named for him, his famous grandsire and son, destined one day to increase the Italian race. On a white dappled Thracian steed he rode, his forefeet white and white his forehead held aloft in pride. Atias came next, from whom the house of Latin Atia is derived. The little Atias by Ailias loved. And last, more beautiful than all the rest, Aelias, born on a Sidonian horse. Fair Didos give memorial of her love. The rest rode on the king's Trinacrian steeds. The Trojans greet them, thrilling with the applause, and gaze with pleasure, noting on each face their parents' features. When the joyous train had passed upon their steeds before the throng and their proud father's eyes, Eupydides gave from afar a signal by a shout and cracked his whip they equally divide by threes in separate bands then at command they wheel and charge each other with fixed spears with many a forward movement and retreat opposing circles within circles mixed through all the mimic battles is change is born and now they turn and fly now aim their darts each at the other and now peace restored they ride abreast as once the labyrinth in lofty crete is said to have had a path with blind walls through a thousand ways enwoven of doubt and artifice which whosoe'er by guarding marks endeavoured to explore ere unconscious irretraceable deceived his steps even so the trojan youths their courses interweave of sportive flight and battles as when dolphins swimming cleave the libyan and carpathian seas and sport amid the waves these movements and these jousts ascanius afterwards revived when he the walls of alba longa built and taught the ancient Latin race to celebrate the sports which he and Trojan youths with him had learned. The Albans taught them to their sons, and mighty Rome adopted and preserved her father's is honored custom now called Troy, the youths performing it the Trojan band. Thus far, in memory of a sacred sire, his day was kept with contests and with games. End of section 37. This recording is in the public domain.